This is the Five Boy Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast. Wait a minute, I said Duke, I'm sorry, the Duke's Basketball Fans Podcast. Oh, come on. <laughs> there was going up into soon. the Franklin Center, 18 and a half point underdogs. We, we took it over. Long podcast. It was a great game. That was a fantastic game. It was a great. That was a great basketball. So now game. you're the best, the best basketball and football team in the state. Exactly. Congratulations. Congratulations. We can't take it away from us. Um, so <laughs> we can start with talking about Bickerstaff and. Oh, I'm sorry. No. no. Um, but yeah, huge win for for, for my Dukes. Um, and, and to be honest with you, <laughs> we, we all hate Michigan State, so it's, it's a win for everybody here. I think well, we still have to play Michigan State, TK. Uh, they gave us the blueprint. We the do have the blueprint now. Gave Duke blueprint. That's what they did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure we can hit up Izzo's nephew and be like, yo, give us your game plan. That, that That's going to be a fun Thanksgiving dinner if they're together. I can tell you that much. I mean, the, the lifetime amount of shit that you can give Uncle Tom Izzo um, mm-hmm. should be life, lifetime. You can't go into the Bryson Center game one. The Izzo. And then knock them off. And they, the, and the referees tried to try to screw them, but we'll, we'll get to yeah. that. Um, obviously, Duke kicked off last night. Started off a little slow, but you know, you know, trying to figure out rotations. You know, and that's two straight games now without Mark Mitchell. The last game we played last mm-hmm. year, and then regular season opener. Hopefully, he's fine. It sounded like it was just precautionary, so we hope that he'll come back for the Arizona game on Friday. That's obviously a huge game. We're going to be doing a lot of content for you guys. We're going to have Coach's Corner on Thursday. AC, is that you and Coach P doing the Coach's sure. Corner? Uh, so we'll have that on me Thursday. Me too, me too. You're going to be in there, do you? Everybody, whoever. Oh, oh, yeah. I, thought it was just the, I thought it was just the coaches. That's fair. Okay, I'm learning something, too. Uh, we're going to have some good uh, articles coming out as well. I think Jack's going to get one going. I'm going to let one myself on our second topic today. Because I think it's important uh, to talk about mm-hmm. uh, what's going on with Jaden Shoot. But uh, let's talk about the game from last night. Um, 92-54. I was off by four points. I know I told everybody 92-58. AC, that's on me. But uh, <laughs> Jeff Deloria, chest pat. That's on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, overall, you know, when you think about that game, you know, kind of come away with pleased. Obviously, you win by you know basically 40 points. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of room for improvement there. I thought, you know, early on, AC, that they kind of were taking their time to kind of get settled in, trying to find a way to get themselves motivated. But uh, I don't know, man. Jalen Blake came in, gave him a shot in the arm. And after that, it was like, what was it, 17 to 2 run, something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, that's that's more important to me than us starting slow. I think teams will start slow a lot of games. Like, you got plenty of games where, a team that is heavily favored is going to start out and the other team is giving them hell for the first couple of minutes. But after the third segment, after that third four minute segment, I mean, we just, we poured it on them like real quick. And and all of a sudden it went from we were up four to we were up 21. So, I mean, you take that as you may, like we can be mad about them getting the 10 defense or 10 offensive rebounds and everything else that they got early on in the game, especially, which is not ideal, but no. I think that's more of a function of how we were spread out and how we were playing defense versus them just completely out rebounding us. So I'm not I'm not concerned about anything. I think this is first game of the season. And again, this team's not built for November; they're built for March. So they're going to keep keep improving on these things that we see right now that we look at as weaknesses. 
Yeah, D, kind of jump in there, give your uh, overall thoughts. Yeah, I don't know if we have to look at them as weaknesses, so to speak, but if we're going to talk about what can we improve from last night, absolutely rebounding, attention to rebounding, like find a body. There there was way too many offensive rebounds, way too many rebounds alone, and not enough rebounds for Duke. So that that's something that needs to be a key focus for this team all year. I get, I get that these kids want to get out and run, but in order to do that, you're going to have to get the ball and you don't want to give up a bunch of those points. Another thing, the backdoor cuts like flip. This is year two. You got two flip hips. Ball, though. I mean, we cleaned that up early. Flip, like, flip, they, they got a couple right off the bat and we cleaned it up. Like flip held Mitchell data. Hold on. Six time. I'm not, I'm not just blaming flip, but anybody who's playing that five position on defense has mm-hmm. got to be able to slide. Sure. You, you can't get caught watching the ball. No, I think, but I, I just look at it as we cleaned it up. I think it was, I think it was a problem early, and I know people complained about it early, and then we cleaned it up, and it was no longer a problem. Like they didn't backdoor us all game; they backdoor us for the, like the first ten minutes of the game, and it was done. No, and it's a oh. good thing that they played they played Dartmouth because now they're like, okay, we need to yeah. be more aware of this. For sure. Because if they if they if they played Arizona last night, it, yep. it might be a different story. Trying to process all that uh, because, on the one hand, you heard John Shire talk about this uh, in his post-game press conference, where you know he's basically saying, "Yeah, we got beat on the back door a couple of times, but basically their game plan was to not let them just start jacking up threes, mm-hmm. and for the most part, we held them. Um, what were they? Four, four of eighteen from three. So that yeah. part of the game plan was executed perfectly. Jack, I want to bring you in here. One of the things that I actually liked a lot last night was I thought in the first half, kind of the AC's point when we did the, the pregame kind of preview, he talked about not settling for jumpers, not settling for threes. I thought we did that a little bit early. I thought especially in the second half, we were kind of getting that pick and roll game going and finding the ball into the middle of the floor for easy buckets. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it went. Um there's a lot of settling for jumpers early, and it was a close game. And then Duke kind of was like, okay, we're going to try to get to the hoop now. And suddenly it was a 42-21 to 21 game at halftime. So I think that worked out. Um, I, I think just getting to the hoop, being aggressive. Also, like putting flip free throw line extended area is going to be huge because he has that playmaking ability that's really not – expected out of a four or five guy. <clears throat> and especially against a team like Dartmouth, I was kind of surprised to not see it as much as, as much as we did. It was, it was interesting, but overall, I think, you know, dominant win once the guys woke up and realized we can be aggressive and we can get to the hoop. And if, if things happen there, pass out and we have shooters. Yeah. Coach P, I want to bring you in here. I thought that uh, you and I both have, been kind of harping on during the offseason, Caleb Foster. I thought he was fantastic last night in his uh, in his first uh, collegiate game. Yeah, so I caught like the last 10 minutes of the game, um, but I did see a lot of the highlights and stuff. Like I said, I still got to go over the game. I plan on watching it tonight uh, before I go to sleep again or whatever, but uh, what I saw was a very aggressive Caleb Foster and um, – just a, a guard that's going to be able to, you know, do 
do some things that um, should put the defense in real compromising positions, especially in transition. You know what I mean? He can get the ball and he can go. Uh, he always seems to make good decisions. He doesn't really force things, and he's a bigger guard too, so he can finish over the top of, of uh, smaller guys, or he could just use his body, you know, to shield off the bigger guys. So I saw him do that uh, quite a few times last night, um, and I was, like I said, I was, I was impressed, and I liked everything that I saw. The ten minutes that I did see, like I said, I did watch the highlights, and I plan on re uh, uh, watching this game and just watching it in entirety uh, tonight. Yeah, well, we'll get the full the full reaction in the coach's corner on Thursday. D, I wanted to uh, bring you on this topic because um, you weren't here on the last podcast, and one of the things that we talked about was what does the rotation early on in the season look like? It kind of went the way I think AC and I talked about, which was, you know, yeah, we had T.J. Power, Sean Stewart, you know, Reeves and, and whatever uh, in terms of how is that 9-10 man rotation going to look like. But really, John, John kind of rode his seven to eight man rotation early for that 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 big stretch there until we kind of got the bigger lead. And then you can see a little bit of Sean Stewart and TJ. Is that kind of how you kind of thought it would go, or did you expect more of a regular rotation with more guys earlier on? That's a tough question because you could tell that this team had some jitters early on and they, they really had to get some continuity on the on the court and and just get something you know their game plan rolling before we can start talking about all right you know now now we're going to start going to the bench and utilizing the game plan that we wrote up on the whiteboard before we walked out here but it is not exactly how i thought any of us thought it might go bench wise um even with mark out tj coming off the bench first was was kind of odd to me i thought for sure that'd be sean stewart and and sean stewart had one hell of a second half i want to say mm -hmm. he absolutely showed why he deserves 15 plus minutes a game in my opinion um I'll, I'll i'll take the good with the bad from him just because of he's got one thing that not anybody on that team has and that's the ability to absolutely jump out of the gym so it's not exactly how I thought the rotation would go, but at the end of the game, once they settled down and they were running some sets, you, you saw how this rotation was going to go. The second team is going to be led by Foster, who, by the way, absolute dog. I don't think you can keep him out of the paint if you tried. I saw, I saw a lot of good things from Duke last night that I'm excited to see once they get it really clicking. Um, but I also saw some things that they could improve on. Yeah, for strangely sure. enough, real quick, strangely, uh, strangely enough, too, like with Ryan Young in the game, and this is not, I'm not this is not an anti Ryan Young take. It was just it was weird that he was on the floor, and that was probably when we had the least continuity on the offense. It was odd because you would think the person who's been there before knows the sets, first game of the season, has played with the other starters outside of Jared McCain, would have more continuity with the squad, and it just when he was in, it did not look good. And it wasn't like Dartmouth was doing anything to us defensively that nothing you know, special. We, we couldn't handle, you know what I mean? So it, it was yeah. weird that that was the least continuity we had with him on the floor. That's actually a great point. It, he really looked out of place out there at, at the beginning and it, it slowed you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You guys talking I, about I, with, with, right with Ryan Young kind of being out of place. I felt the same way watching him, which was very, very odd. And I thought that, um, 
you know, not the hard part, because I don't want to harm on negative things with, with Ryan Young, because he still serves a, a great purpose. But, you know, he got 19 minutes uh, yesterday. I didn't think that he needed 19 minutes. Hmm. And he kind of waited to put, you know, Sean Stewart in uh, midway through the second half. He still got close to 10 minutes in, in the game, Sean Stewart did. But, boy, I mean, he just has so much potential. And to be sitting on the bench for 30 minutes, uh, not even including halftime, and to come out there and play that athletically, that mm-hmm. is that is something to, to behold. Um, Jack, I wanted to ask you in terms of uh, Jared McCain, because we haven't brought him up yet. He's a guy that I don't even care about the five fouls. He played aggressive. I love the fact that they came out with, uh, you know, him shooting an hour after the game in Cameron for, you know, just to get extra shots up because he wasn't happy with the way he played. He play, I thought he played really well in the, in the minutes that he did play. Obviously, you don't want to foul out. But, uh, again, I was a guy that said I want to foster the start or I thought he would be that fifth starter. I kind of like Foster coming off the bench now. And I, I, I would keep Jeremy McCain right where he is. He's an elite shooter. Just kind of control a little bit of those fouls. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think he's he's a really good college player from day one. I'm not sure about his pro potential yet. I think he I think he needs to work on a few things to have that NBA potential. But I think, like I said, from the jump, he's going to be a really good collegiate player. We saw a little bit of that last night. Um, I, I really do like him as the fifth starter. Um, and I, I hope it continues uh, with Mark coming back. Yeah, and then anything I want to bring you in, um, we haven't talked about Tyrese Proctor or Jeremy Roach. Tyrese Proctor, eight assists, one turnover. Mm-hmm. And I thought he probably played, you know, as mediocre as he can potentially it's play. Nazi, I was just about to say. You know, and, and just to, to call it what it is. And then Jeremy Roach is just, I mean, what more can you say about the guy? He just lets the game come to him, mm-hmm. hit the spots. When he felt like driving, he got, to, he got to his spot. When he wanted to hit that mid-range jumper, he hit it. He's just, I mean, just at this point in uh, college basketball, if you have a guy, four-year starter, mm-hmm. with his ability, he's just a common presence on the floor, and that's going to show even more Friday night. Yeah, it's 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 nice this year versus what we had last year under John Shire to see that we have at least, and in any given moment, at least four guys on the floor who can can drive the basket from the wing, like. Jeremy, Jeremy obviously is an elite getting to the bucket. You got Tyrese, who, like you said, you would you would think he didn't play well last night, but then you look and he had he was just running the team, just just still being that master master guidance guy, just running the squad. But I mean, the fact that you have Caleb Foster able to attack, the fact that Jared McCain is a strong guard that gets inside, Jeremy obviously is elite. Flip can attack the basket on any big that you put on him. And then Mark Mitchell is, is going to be able to attack the bucket at whenever you need him to. Like that's that's you got those guys right there. And then as Sean Stewart continues to refine his game, he's another one I think you'll be, you'll be able to see him attacking the bucket a little bit more, or at the very least, if not off the dribble, on lobs and and pick and roll action. So last year we really really needed that severely, and we didn't have it, and it showed against Tennessee and some of the other losses that we had. NC State comes to mind, but when you have a team like this that is this good this type of veteran leadership and then they all kind of just attack the bucket, man. Like watch out, watch out, watch out. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about Proctor um, stat stat wise, no, he didn't do anything absolutely crazy, but I think he was running that team as fast as they want to run. Like how I'll, I'll keep up with you guys. 
You want you if I need to slow it down, if we need to slow it down, we'll slow it down. But he was yeah. that when they ran tempo a few times off those mm -hmm. fast breaks on the long rebounds and such, he was doing his thing. He was so, like a conductor, man. He was like a, a, yeah. an orchestra conductor. He was just out yeah. there running with like, oh, tempo. Yeah. Steep curve. Didn't Let me slow her down a little bit. Let me yeah. slow and her then, down. And it'll be a very different game, I guarantee you, against Arizona. It almost reminded me of Tyus Jones, like early season, like mm -hmm. pre-Wisconsin game Tyus Jones. Yeah, when people said like, that he was a bust after after yes. two games and people were like, Tyus Jones is yes. a bust. <laughs> when he was putting up less than 10 points per game but still getting seven to eight assists and right, maybe right. one turnover. Right. You guys just having that ability to understand your team. And uh, conductor is the perfect word for it. He uh, he controlled that entire game when he was in. And again, I, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I thought he was kind of going 75, 80%. But I expect fully uh, against Arizona that he's just going to come out guns and blazing, set the tone mm -hmm. early, especially against Caleb Love. Like, we'll talk about that game in a minute, but um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Coach P, I know you haven't had a chance to watch the whole game, but it's funny, after the podcast that we just had, when we previewed this one and we kind of talked about Kyle Filipowski and Tyrese Proctor being those two guys that you can't have, can't afford to go down. You brought up Mark Mitchell. Sure enough, Mark Mitchell wasn't able to play last night. And I kind of thought the team looked a little bit lost in that first 10 minutes. Do you think that had a lot to do with it? You know, kind of having an innocent Ryan Young who did look out of place and then Mark Mitchell's not there. He would have been a perfect person at the foul line, kind of roaming the baseline against some of those zones. Yeah, so it's just the thing is, is that when you get, you know, everybody's expected to play a certain type of role, a certain type of pace, a certain type of, you know, certain type of thing out there. And, you know, when it's a last minute injury like that, and, you know, just to be honest with you, the team has to play different when Ryan Young is in there. You know what I mean? It's totally different. You know what I mean? They can't play super fast you know Tyrese run the break you know whatever you know what I mean whoever bring the ball up and everybody just run they can't play like that they got to slow it down some so this whole time you know from summer all the way up until now all they've been doing is just running 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 and now they had to put the brakes on you know what I mean so yeah of course him being out you know definitely you know it definitely slowed him down a bit you know what I mean I'm glad they won the game and they they won you know handily but you know, they, they really need him on Friday. I'll tell you that right now because uh, Arizona is going to run. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's going to that's gonna be the type of game that you won't see a lot of uh, Ryan Young in that type of game because Arizona is going to run. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, I don't think Proctor can't run. I don't think any of us think Proctor can't run. Um, yeah. Like like you said, he was. No, that's not, it's not Proctor. This is not a Proctor discussion. This is no. a. This is a two big lineup versus a one big lineup discussion. Like, and, and one of the best well, senior citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Like, well, like you said, we're not running. We're not running the floor with with Ryan Young out there. Mm. So, Proctor can absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at at the end of the day, it kind of is a Proctor thing because he's going to be the one pushing the ball. I think he'll go without him. <laughs> yeah. Against yeah, Arizona, he's going to he's gonna go without him. Exactly. Yeah. He's gonna go without him. Like this, yeah. yeah. I don't think I mean, anybody's concerned with Tyrese Proctor. I hope no one's concerned with Tyrese Proctor. I guess just to put it that way. If you have an issue with Tyrese that, Proctor, you need to take a step back and reevaluate your basketball knowledge respectfully. That's the thing is that Duke has so many weapons that he's not gonna have to be 
No. You'd be surprised, Jack. He doesn't need a triple double every night or whatever. No, not at double, all. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? No, like I said, he just needs to do, do his job. Yeah. He just needs the to do his court job. The backcourt depth is just insane. Like, yeah. You're probably going to see this kind of consistent scoring. Like, you know, I don't think any one Duke player is going to average crazy numbers because of all, all the weapons. I mean, you're going to see 17s and 19s, but mm. a I'd lot of teams. I think Flip will be our most consistent. Oh yeah, I think well, Flip will be. Uh, yeah. He'll average the most. I mean, obviously he'll. He average was the last most, year. I think he's gonna be yeah. the one. He's gonna be the one that's gonna put up ridiculous numbers. It's gonna be Flip. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna be around 17, 18, 19. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get open threes. He's gonna knock them down, and then you know you start doing that. That's when that pick and roll game comes into play mm-hmm. and get those easy buckets at the rim. Um, speaking of bigs, though, uh, we got our first taste of uh, Christian Reeves' pause. That uh, you know, he played 12 minutes. I thought it was a little bit inconsistent. He did a couple, he did a couple good things there, but you know, I take it with a grain of salt because if I'm sitting here all off season saying I expect mid January, late January, early February for him to start taking those Ryan Young minutes, I'll take what he did last night mm-hmm. and say, you know what, that's about what I expected. Jack, where are you on the Ryan Reeves thing? Question Reeves thing. I'm happy he got minutes this early, um, significant minutes for him. Um, I I like Reeves a lot. I've said this many times. I think that it'll be a nice change of pace to put him in at the five next to Flip as a like sub a little bit into the first half. Um, I think we got a taste of that last night, as you said, TK. Um, and <laughs> I really... I just think that uh, I I don't know I like his game a lot and I think the fact that Shire is trusting him this early in the season to uh, to try to earn those minutes is fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, nah, I'll, I'll touch on that. Um, and uh, you know, earlier you know, a month or two ago, or whatever, I wrote an article on Christian Reeves and how important mm-hmm. I think he could be to this team. Um, and just like Jack said, just getting those early minutes, that's a positive sign. And that's telling you right there that John Shire is going to play Reeves and he will get in. And, and I'll tell you, in a game like Friday, they're going to need him. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. They're going to oh, need him. They're going to need him because uh, Omar Balo, you know, it's a big body. Um, Flip will do what he got to do on offense against him. But on defense, mm-hmm. that kid is he's a big kid. So, you know, between yes. Ryan Young and Christian Reeves, I think that you'll see a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of big guys playing uh, defense mm-hmm. on him, so that's gonna be good. And it's a game still, we could let's, use D Live. Let, let's remember too. Speaking of D Live, actually, I did want to bring up a point about that. Let's remember that Reeves still had there was an injury <laughs> that he was coming off of. He sat that exhibition game because of an injury. He had surgery on the ankle this off season, so it, he's you know he's he's had injuries that have slowed him down a little bit so i've seen some of the comments about how he looked like he wasn't quick and moving out there and he, he typically rebounds out of his area well which he didn't do when he was in the game at times I, w- I would say he's better than even lively at rebounding outside of his area at least at least when they were in college together and you didn't see that out of him last night i, th- I think he's still kind of working back from that injury a little bit too and get his conditioning back as well i, I mean i, I have no i, I have no concerns about reeves whatsoever I don't think anybody rebounded well last night. I'm no, 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 no. Nobody did, and I'm not picking but on him about the rebounding. I'm saying I that get that. He, he, he is the with... solution. He's the let me finish real quick. He's the solution to the rebounding prob- problem, quote unquote, that people are saying that we have. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just he think could be he the rim protection reps. too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I just think he need more reps for Reeves. Like you need to, you can't simulate game speed. Yeah. So you need to get him in the game more. I, I would love to see him run with some of the starters more because that that's when you're going to get, the, you know, the good looks, the, the sets ran for you um, from the, from your experience guys. And that's the only thing that's going to help him. And if we want to see him be D lively in March, well, then he needs to get the reps now. Like lively was able to get reps. I think that's his evolution in January. I think that's, we don't, we don't need to see that yet in November and December. Yeah, I think I'll you give him, I think you, I think you give him little sprinkles. Yeah, give him some uh, little I mean, sprinkles I'll, here and there. Just don't put a bunch of tape on him yet. We don't need a bunch of tape on Christian I mean, yet. Like it's it's the I, Zubek, shit from, a, it's Zubek shit from 2010. It's it's that same thing. It's the Zubek development pace. If we get a heavy dose of Reeves it, through the ACC schedule into March, I'll take it. Yeah. 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 I'll so take, right I'll right on the timeline that we talked about. I want to wrap this one up. Uh, Jalen Blitz, man, we gotta give credit where credit's due. Opened it up saying that you know he gave the shot in the shot in the arm. D, I know this is your boy now. This is your guy. Oh yeah. First of all, Jalen uh, well, Blake, friend of the program. Friend so, of the program, Jalen Blake. So I mean, let's just call it like it is. But no, I mean, uh, you know, all jokes aside, like he's he's a Duke player first of all, so we all love him, right? Um, Automatically. He, he's got a he's got a great hustle, great heart, really nice guy. Actually, we've all met him, friend of the program, and. If you look at his stat sheet last night, it's great. He, I mean, he didn't do anything bad. No. I mean, 10 points in 20 minutes, three assists, three steals, two blocks, two, three rebounds. Zero turnovers. Zero. To, uh, did he? I don't think he had a foul either. No, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had one, I think. He had and one you know foul. he's coming yeah, with that chaos. You know he's coming with the shoulder but, check. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll Is take it, though. Year? He, I'll take it. Please do. I want him to. But yeah, I'll be okay with that. Gotta be physical, man. About it. Yeah. yeah. He you saw that thing against us in Tennessee. You gotta be physical. He was the fourth leading scorer last night, if I remember correctly. For a while, he was the second leading scorer. Yeah. Like, I mean, he shot three for three from the field, perfect from the line. You, what? I don't know what else you want from Jalen Blake's. You take that. If you, if somebody tells you right now you're going to get ten points in twenty minutes from Jalen Blake's, you. You take that and run as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. He, he, twice he, he, twice he, on he, Sunday. Twice on Sunday. So, solid uh, defensively, of course. If he gets a little physical, he gets a little physical. Actually, the most impressive thing I thought was his ability to finish at the rim on some of those. Because we've He's seen strong. some bad ones. You know, like he finished very strong. I'm, I'm, that's improvement. We all I saw how, how, how wide this dude was. We had to scoot over oh. in the. In oh, the yeah. And you know not to I mean? mention, he's got the wingspan. Like we've talked about this time and time again, he's got the wingspan to finish at the hoop. Y'all, are so, that was, yeah, that was something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, D. <laughs> he said we all saw uh, how wide he was. Hey, yo. <laughs> no, we didn't all see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was somebody he's was four hours shoulders. <laughs> So you gotta have those qualifying oh. statements. Alright, uh, let's let's get this back on the tra- get the, get the uh, train back on the tracks here. Uh, <laughs> big shout out to uh, Jalen Blakes. Another big shout out to uh, Spencer Harbor. That was awesome. I mean, to get oh, that in the first game of the year, that, that was that was that was a crowd went nuts for him. Mm-hmm. You can't ask for a better moment for a kid like that. So, nope. congrats to him. 
Um, but let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I was a tough layup. I was not. I was. It's like he's like oh, five man. five. That was nobody tough. guard him. Nobody guard him. Just let him score. Hey, he made, he made the layup. I'm I'm not there making the layups. He made the layup. I can't hate. Double pumped it. We're, we're losing credibility here on this podcast. So let's get it back. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about a serious subject here. Um, obviously there were a lot of uh. The rumor mills, even when you win by 40, have to start coming. you got to find something negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Shire was asked a question that, you know, fair enough. A lot of fans were asking the same thing. Why didn't Jaden shoot play? Turns out that Jack, he's going to redshirt, and that was a plan that he and, you know, J- uh, John Shire and Jaden shoot had talked about. I'm sure the family's involved. If that is confirmed, kind of just walk through. I mean, to me, it makes you know, in terms of just pure numbers, nothing outside of just pure basketball here. I don't want to speculate about anything else. I just want to talk about just the number game alone, especially we've all talked about how great the backcourt is at Duke. You know, TJ Power went in there as well. You kind of have to feel that he's going to be ahead of him in the rotation. So from just a common sense perspective, Jaden Shute going for a red shirt probably makes the most sense. What is kind of your overall take? Did we get that wrong? Is he confirmed that he's going to redshirt? Yeah, so uh, as far as I've seen, it is confirmed. Steve Wiseman uh, confirmed at News and Observer Reporter. Um, I got a lot of love for Jaden Shoot, as we all know. Uh, he's a great dude. He gave me a free hoodie, which was awesome. <laughs> it's a very comfortable hoodie. Shout out Shooter Brand. Um, but Jaden, I mean... Think about all the backcourt depth we have this year. Um, and think about um, next year. Next year, obviously, yes, but how many shooting guards do we have next year? Mm-hmm. I actually I think I think it makes more sense for Jaden to have to have this year off because he probably wasn't gonna play much anyway from from a purely basketball perspective and kind of give him the chance to get back into the swing of things next year when he is going to be a much more needed commodity for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think overall, it's the best move for him. It's the best move for Duke. And it gives him the opportunity to uh, obviously keep a scholarship, stay at Duke. And it also, you know, it, I think he kind of put the transfer speculation to rest before it even started with his quote yesterday morning saying, I am here to win a championship. I am not quitting on this. I've never quit on anything in my life. Why would I now? I don't think he's leaving Duke even after redshirting the season. Yeah, Pablo, I wanted to get your thoughts on this uh, for one particular reason. I know that you talked to Coach K, um, you know, a month or so ago, and you kind of talked a lot about the mental aspects of a lot of this stuff. Uh, in terms of, of you as a coach and as you as a player, having to have that conversation, what is kind of what goes into the mental side of it from both the coach perspective and the player perspective of having to have that tough conversation, trying to be man-to-man with each other, and saying, hey, look, I think this is best for you and your future coach. I want to play. But, you know, how does that kind of yin and yang work when you're having a conversation like that? Well, just from a coaching perspective, I mean, it's just all about transparency, man. You just got to be transparent. You got to be truthful with kids. You know, you got to you got to lay it all out there. You know what I mean? If your vision is, you know, for the kid to stay with the team, but red shirt uh, and, you know, work on his development, then that's what you got to say. You know what I mean? If it's you know, transfer and move on. That's what you got to say, you know, and from a player perspective, I mean, that's never easy to hear something like that, but 
at the end of the day, you know, you gotta, you always gotta do what's best for, for you. You know what I mean? And so, you know, so a, a decision like that, obviously a family would be involved, you know, if your parents would be involved or whatever the case may be, um, the kid just gotta, he just gotta understand, man. Like this is sometimes the nature of the beast, uh, especially when you signed up for something like going to Duke, this is not just like a regular college, you know, that every year you're going to get five stars. So you gotta be honest with yourself too. You know what I mean? If you're the player, mm-hmm. um, but Overall, on both ends, it's all about transparency, man. And you just gotta, you gotta take the punches where they land, and you gotta roll with them. Yeah, and you see, I think, you know, again from a pure basketball perspective, I think this is the right move. What would you like to see Jaden shoot kind of work on? Let's just all kind of assume that you know the redshirt is here, and if he were to come back to Duke, let's assume that he does. Mm-hmm. What would you like to see him do with this time, knowing that he's going to redshirt this entire season? What would you like to see him do? It's the confidence, man. Like confidence in decision making. Obviously, he's going to have to work on his body. He mentioned that in his quote. He's going to have to work on. He's still going to have to work on his game. Like it's not like he's a finished product, which is fine. Like I, they wanted him to redshirt last year. That was something that was brought up last year with him, and he and the family vehemently said, "No, I want to. I want to compete for a spot." And so he did, and he tried. And now here we are. So like, like, like Pablo just said, man, like the transparency of those conversations. So John is staying with him. Like you saw him last year before every shoot around, he was with him. He's standing with him, the pregame shoot arounds and halftime shoot arounds and stuff. He's in his ear all the time. He wants this kid to succeed clearly. So this, I think this is the best option for him because now you have a team coming in next year with a bunch of guards and wings that are top, notch top notch freshmen he could compete a little bit with those guys, but I still think they're going to be over top of him. But the year after that, his redshirt junior season, 25, there's not a lot of shooting guards in this class. There's not a lot of guys we're recruiting to that position in that class. And we're going to lose maybe one or two from next year's group. So I think his, what would be his redshirt junior season, I think that gives him an opportunity to, to actually compete, actually compete. And that would have been his senior year. So to have two more seasons that you could play after that, I think I think John wants that. I think that works for Jaden. And again, like with a school like Duke with the NIL and everything else that he offers, like with the shooter brand and such, like why why would you go to Creighton? Like when when you have Rachel Baker right there in your back pocket. So it, it I like to move a lot. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go both sides of this. I it could go the Chris Carowell route where you average two points a game your whole career and then bam now it's 23 because you just got better or i could see him getting better in his red shirt season and then if somebody comes a call and never say never is is what i'm saying i i I love the kid to death i've wanted him to succeed but i've always looked at him as if anybody if big if you know capital letters if anybody transfers, it's him. And I and I said that last year. AC, you know that. Y'all know that. Um, I don't want it to happen because I think he really could be a good player. And, uh, you know, he was given a lot of opportunities to show that he could hit that, you know, corner three and elbow three and, and you know, dribble drive to the lane for the mid range. And, and he just didn't. So he's got to work on his, you know, his strength. He's got to work on his stamina. He's got to work on his shot. I mean, he's got a lot. He's got a lot to do, and his and his mental. 
ability to, to play the game of basketball. Like you said, AC, he's got to get more confident. He's got to believe in himself before anybody else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I see that as for using this year to kind of take that huge weight that is on your shoulders and whether it should be there or not, that that's not up for anybody else to say because it, it clearly was on his shoulders. He felt it. And I kind of feel like let's use this year as, Hey, no expectations for you now. Just go in there every day, work your ass off, be the first guy in, be the last guy to leave. Get your game to where it is. Push your teammates. You're still a part of this thing. We're going to still go all the way. You're still going to get a ring, and you're going to still be an integral part of this. We've had multiple championships where we've won, and we've had redshirt guys, whether it's because of transfers or whatever else, and they've been key components on getting those teams ready. Be that focal point. Be that leader. So that next year, even if you're not a huge minutes guy, you're not looked at as a leader because you've been in the program for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Those freshmen, even if you're not starting, even if you're not playing huge minutes, you can be a leader for them and show them the ropes. That can do wonders for your mental ability. And I think that hopefully that's what happens here. Yep. Um, but again, I, I do think business is business. I think it's the best side for both Jaden and I think it's the best uh, decision for Shire and the Duke program for this to happen. And hopefully it works out for, for the best for both, which means that Jaden comes out there, plays really hard this season, in practice, in the scout team, in the offseason, works on his defense, his lateral quickness. I would like to see him kind of still continue to refine that that release. I still think it's a little side. don't mm-hmm. love that. would like to see that improve. But Leaning back now, you just, now you can just use this year to, to get better. Coach B, I don't know if you have anything to add. Uh, yeah, so just, I mean, all the things that you guys are correct and everything that you said, I just think that, um, you know, we just got to just, I just want everybody to go back and look at the tape mm-hmm. of Jaden shooting high school. Mm-hmm. He was so much more than just a shooter. And I think Absolutely. everybody kind of labels him as a shooter. And that's the same thing we did with Joey Baker. Yep. Um, Joey Baker was so much more than just a shooter in high school, man. Like I've watched that kid. I watched like Joey Baker. I watched him live a lot, but I digress on that point. Great so high school state by Joey you know Baker, I mean? by the way. Absolutely. Joey absolutely. Baker is a fantastic high school mixtape. Yeah, sorry, Go absolutely. Ahead. So, but but Jaden shoot, man. It's just you know one of the hardest things to do. You know what I'm saying? As a player, is once you lose confidence, is to get it back. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why most players transfer because you almost never see a player lose confidence and then stay in the program and get their confidence back and excel. Right. You almost never see that. Yeah. And that's why kids end up transferring. So, you know, I don't want them to transfer, but it's going to be tough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To see the kid, um, you know, excel in a program if, you know, he he can't get his confidence back, especially, you know, and he's not going to get more confident when all right. these other guys coming in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's probably just going to take either a transfer or a shot in the arm from a coach, you know what I mean? To really have that conversation with him and, and say, we're going to let you go. We're going to let you do everything you, you are on the court. We're going to let you display everything. Mm-hmm. And maybe that might bring it back, but I just don't know, man. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough sale. Um, I wish, uh, obviously I wish the program and Jaden shoot the best, you know what I'm saying? I want to see him do well. And, and one more thing that this does too, it takes the burden off of John to have another mouth to feed. 
and have to yep. answer more questions about why such and such player is not playing. And not necessarily from the media, but from the parents, That's a good point. from teammates and everything else. Like now this takes one of those guys out of the equation when you know eventually this team is going to pair down to about eight players. So it's one less mouth to feed. And I, th- I think that helps the team. I think it helps John's mental too, quite honestly. Great point. Yeah, completely agree. And um, you know, I'll, I'll put up uh, some content on Patreon, diving a little bit further into this topic. But let's get into hey, it's Arizona on Friday. So hey, let's play. Huge, huge game. Arizona coming into Cameron Indoor, seven p.m. Friday night. AC, you're hosting Coach's Corner. What can what can we look for from uh, from Arizona? The MMF is going to be shooting, bro. They're going to be running. Yep. They're going to be running. We won't dive into it too much here because we are going to do the coach's corner and make sure you guys sign up for the Patreon for that. But I mean, two, two and three passes into a shot. Like, that's what you're going to see. If, like, that's that's how they play. That's how they roll. Um, obviously, they have Omar Balo in the middle. Uh, they have Kristich, who comes off the bench. He's seven foot two kid. He's He gives them quality minutes. Very good rebounder. Soft touch in the lane. Doesn't do much outside of that, but he does attack from the outside end. So you do have to honor him when he's on the wing. So they're going to spread us out, which is, and they're going to look for the back door. They're going to look for those cuts. You got uh, Pele Larson. He loves to get that stuff on the back door, man. He loves to attack the wings. Um, kind of think Grady, honestly, kind of think Grady Dick from last year at Kansas with him a little bit, just with how he can play that two level game of he gets to the rack or he takes that three. Like he's dangerous with both of those. And, and, Kyle Boswell, Jared McCain knows him well from Arizona. Uh, those two had a lot of a lot of a lot of battles against each other. Played uh, played with each other a little bit too, but um, he's going to be running point for them. So they they got a good squad, man. They got a good squad. Balo is probably going to play about 20, 25 minutes. He doesn't play a lot of minutes, but the minutes he plays because of how fast they go, he's super efficient. He's he's the antithesis of what Zach Eady is. Zach Eady is he's going to get you twenty four points, but it's going to take him thirty minutes to do it because. The, the team's going to slow down and they're going to lumber. Balo can play 10 minutes and get 15 points on you like that, like real easy. So that's dangerous. And, and he's going to make all the shots he takes because of his length and because of how strong he is, man. Like Flip's just going to have to play straight up and kind of just – I'd rather get the twos from him than the threes elsewhere. So you got to kind of let – get you get the shots where you can, try to slow them down where you can. But it's, it's going to be a tough game, man. And Caleb Love is still the same player that he is. Let him jack shots. I want you to force him to take shots. Like – We'll talk about that later again, but Caleb hasn't changed, man. He hasn't. He really hasn't. I watched that Morgan State game. I know people are saying he's different now. He's happy, and he hasn't changed. He still takes the same wing threes. He still takes the same shots, dumb shots that he takes, and he still misses them. I'm sorry. He's the same player. He's not changing. I mean, to be fair, Caleb Webb is coming back to his home, so he'll probably get to see some familiar girlfriends and not maybe his girlfriends, but other girls. Uh, Can we get get Deja a ticket? We can get Deja Kelly a ticket, right? I, the, I don't you guys think that style might benefit Duke though? If if Arizona is going to push the ball up tempo, I think that benefits Duke. It does and, it has and, to. And, in my in my opinion? I mean, if if they can get hands in face ball man you defense style like like you just said, get on them, play defense, and rebound, they can push that ball, and I think that would benefit Duke. You know th- that style of play now. Both teams are going to have to make shots, right? Because that's what that style of offense depends on. Making shots, getting the rim. Very great (laughs) point. And (laughs) 
That's why you're here. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think the up-tempo games and the up-tempo teams are going to benefit Duke versus a team like, hey, let's slow them down, like a Virginia or like Dartmouth tried to do. Whether or not it had been on purpose, Dartmouth did it. <laughs> Just a quick rebuttal on that. I think I think you're right. In, in certain in certain spots, I think running is going to benefit us depending on what lineups we have on the floor versus them. I think our advantage is going to be the abil- our ability to change pace. I don't think Arizona has the ability to change pace as well as we do. I think if we try to get into a track meet with them, they're going to win that game because they did it last year and they know it better than we do. We didn't do it much last year. We're learning how to do it now, and we still didn't even have Mark in our first game. So we're still learning. They kind of know how to do that already. I think our benefit is we do have the ability to play inside out, slow the game down, take a few more, take a few more seconds off the clock for possession. And I think that I think that hurts them more than just trying to run track me with them or, like you said, trying to completely slow them down because you're not going to be able to do that either. Well, I mean, um, you're going to take what they give you, though, right? You're not going to slow yourself down. No, no, you dictate the game. That's what I'm talking about. Correct. You change the pace, yeah. not let them dictate it. You change I'm the pace. I'm with that. I'm with that. Pablo, how do you see this game going? Well, I think it's going to be a totally different game. I think we got to, I think what we need to under, really need to understand is that this ain't Arizona from the last two years. You know what I mean? They have American players now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their main guys are American players. The last two years, it was always foreign All guys zeros, right yeah not to yeah and it's not to say nothing bad about that or whatever but their main guy and they still have three on the roster that play a little bit too yeah yeah they do but their main guys is going to be you know balo who's a foreign guy obviously but uh it's a uh, key shot johnson mm-hmm. uh, i'm saying they got uh jaden bradley johnson doesn't come out of the game either man exactly and jaden bradley they yeah. got fucking kylan boswell uh, and Caleb Love, man, that's KJ Lewis a, is a baller. Yeah, yep. KJ Lewis, he's he's probably gonna, shit. I wouldn't be surprised if he started the three. So, he might ha- he might have a better game than uh, Jaden Bradley. Jaden's trying to work his way into that system right now. He's trying to learn. Yeah, and so it's just it's just gonna be uh, I so I don't really see us having an advantage if we play fast because that's what Arizona does anyway. You know, mm-hmm. with Tommy Lloyd, but what Tommy Lloyd is a master at is getting his guys great shots and that's mm-hmm. why i think a guy like caleb love is going to thrive in that offense because before unc it was just isolation 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 come down and jack some shit up you ain't going to see that you know what i'm saying that uh with tommy lloyd he's going to you know run some good stuff some false motion some 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 strong size stuff and just a lot of different things man that, like a lot of trick plays and caleb love is going to get open looks can you knock him down he can knock him down you know what i mean and i think it, you know he's he, he's he's familiar with playing duke and he's coming to cameron yeah. He's familiar with it all, you know what yeah. I mean. So, if we're not careful, he could burn us. I'm yeah, he, he's, burn us. he's uh, he he likes to eat against Duke. He 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 is used to doing that. He does. Yeah. But you got Ty- you're gonna have Tyrese Proctor on him, and the one thing you have to mm-hmm. make Caleb do is shoot standstill shots. You cannot let him dribble into his jumpers. Nope. Yeah, that's yeah. a great. I point. mean, you can't you can't really let him isolate really because I mean right. he's a master. Right. At the one thing he's not off, great man. at either is, is his drive. If you can force him baseline, he loves to drive baseline on that right hand. You can force him to the baseline mm-hmm. and get him into some situations where he turns the ball over too. So he's, I, I get what you're saying, Pablo. I think Tommy Lloyd is going to be able to design some stuff for him to get him better looks than Hubert Davis could ever do because he's a, a, a miles ahead as a head coach. But you still have the player to deal with too, right. and I think Caleb Love is still that same hard-headed player. Yeah, in, yeah. in, 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 in a lot of respects, in a lot of respects, in a lot of respects. 
And he'll have the freedom to, you know what I'm saying, do what mm-hmm. he got to do to break away from, you know what I mean, the design player or whatever. Right. And, you know, get his. And that's what he's best at, though. And that's what that's what makes him mm-hmm. so dangerous is that, you know, he can play in a system or he could just isolate and do what mm-hmm. he got to do. And it's going to be dangerous, you know what I mean? And that's why whoever's guarding him, they got to make him, you know, do some things that he's uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, I, I I take a step back and I, I wouldn't let him drive. I, I let him shoot it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I force him to shoot for sure. That, that being hard headed thing though, that being hard headed thing though is uh that's what makes him dangerous because he's mm-hmm. not afraid to do he's not yep. afraid to stand there and shoot it. He's Absolutely. not afraid to he's not afraid to dribble, step back, shoot it. He's not afraid to drive it. Right. Like and that hitting, that hard hitting, that hard headed thing. Yeah, if it's hitting, it's up. If it's if it's yep. hitting, his team is gonna win the game. If it's not yeah. hitting, his team is gonna yeah. lose the game. He's either gonna yep. cost the team his game or he's gonna win the team his game. That's how Caleb Love is, man. That's a that's a that's who he is. That's a pretty good assessment, yeah. That, that's what, and that's he's what I mean. He has a regime. He's, he's, he's feast or famine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For sure. I'm with that. I'm with that. And that, that's he all I mean so- when I say he hasn't changed. That's all. Let's go ahead, Jack. No, I get it. He's gonna have a ridiculous usage rate. He's either gonna like shoot seventy percent or twenty percent, and if he's shooting seventy percent, he's gonna have a decent amount of assists. If he's shooting twenty percent, he's gonna have like eighteen turnovers. I just want to see the lineup that they roll out, though. That's I'm interested in that too, Pablo. That's I'm interested to see really on the Duke side. I'm interested to see how they match up Pablo if they put Reeves out there for a decent stretch. If they just have flip on him for most of the game, I'm it's going to be interesting. Young on like, him, but you, you, you need, need Mark Reeves. Mitchell. You, you need Mark Mitchell. Mitchell. You need, you need Mitchell. You need, you Mark, need Mitchell, Mark Mitchell. 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 Keisha Johnson. That's mm-hmm. a toss-up right there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whoever wins that matchup, I think yeah. that's going to be one of the keys to the game, the Mark Mitchell-Keyshot-Johnson matchup. Mm-hmm. I think that could be the key to the game. You know what I mean? Everybody else is going to do what they do. Um, they don't have anybody that can guard flip, period. Nah. And that's the nah. other part about what I think plays in our favor. If you talk yep. about the best player on the court, it's going to be flip. Mm-hmm. Like Arizona, everybody that Arizona has, we have somebody to counter them. Absolutely. They have nobody – that can counter flip. So that's yep. our advantage right there. So we got to, we got to, we got to really use that advantage. And quite honestly, they don't have anybody on defense that's going to counter what Caleb Foster brings to Caleb Foster and Jeremy yeah. Roach, Caleb and Jeremy could have some serious at the rim games this, this mm-hmm. game on Friday. Like they could really attack and really sure. put them in a, in a hurt locker, which, which For I, sure. I kind of want to see because they, their, their defense, like they don't have Courtney Ramey this year. So their, their perimeter defense is suffering this year a little bit. You saw it early with Morgan State. Morgan State's not good. They're one of the worst teams in the NCAA. Early on, they were able to get some shots and get some shots at the rack. Like that's that's something that that we have to take advantage of for sure with our guards. Sure. Especially pulling Balo out with flip, pull him out to the three point line. Now you got all that space. Oh like, yeah, that's a chess match. This is going to be a chess match, man. This is a total chess I match. Think, I think Sean Stewart could could potentially have a good game here. Just because of what you just said, right, it's, right there, AC, it's just pulling everybody moment. away. Yeah. If he, if he, what Coach K always talks about, if you, if you, if you're playing, if you can play and become the game, if you can do that, and if Sean can do that, cool. I just, I don't want to count on a freshman who doesn't particularly have a role yet to do that yet. But you're right. You're exactly right. If he, if there's, if he becomes a part of this game, then there's nothing that they, at that point they're shot. Arizona shot because they don't have they don't have the thing to match up against that. Within that chess mass match that you just mentioned, we can all visualize mm-hmm. Sean Stewart slashing to that lane. You can, you can. Oh, it's, totally. just of, will, it's just a matter of will. It's just a matter of will. Will he? Nah, exactly. Will he? I don't know. 
Yeah, we can we can we can sit here and pause it on what what could go. Jared McCain could shoot, but he could has 12, the, twelve from three. But like, I don't think it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like, but if we're talking about pulling people away and opening up mm-hmm. space, that's the guy who you're like, wow, he could sure. really go sure. bananas. And Zona's gonna play man. Balo is only Balo's gonna play. Like I said, he's gonna play twenty to twenty five minutes, and they're gonna be in short stints. It's gonna be short four minute, maybe five minute segments at a time. He's not gonna play long entire stretches like he's not playing 12 straight minutes in the game like at any point i don't think personally that's just not what they've done with him in the past that's not what they've done with him yet only again they've only played morgan state in the exhibition game they didn't have to but just because of his conditioning and stuff they're not they're not going to play him long giant stretches whereas flip is going to be on the floor for 12 13 minutes at a time like like pablo said that's trouble for them because they don't have anything that matches up with flip i can see that i can see where I don't. It's not. I don't. To me, it's not going to be beneficial for Duke to play big against Mm-mm. Arizona. Mm-mm. No, um, no, because no. Because if they they're do, do that, that yeah. Because if they do that, you know, it's the only thing that's going to happen is what they're going to do is it's going to let Balo rest. They, exactly. they ain't going to do nothing but put them on uh, uh, Young. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then they'll yep. they'll slide Keyshawn Johnson to flip. He's really Absolutely. the only person that can stay with flip. Right. He can't guard him in the post, but on the perimeter, he can move his feet and he can stay with him. Keyshawn Johnson is a hell of a defensive player, Absolutely. hell of a defensive player. So Absolutely. I can see that happening. He was the key to um, San Diego State getting that Final Four run. Oh, 100%. 100%. So it's going to, like I said, I just want to see. It's, it's definitely going to be a chess match, like you said, AC. It's going to mm-hmm. be a chess match. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. I will say the one thing that worries me about Stewart is – do you do they put Balo on Stewart and kind of dare him to shoot the ball, knowing that while he can do it, it's not his strongest uh, aspect of his game, and then have Johnson on flip? That's like that's an interesting thing to think about. I don't know how likely it is, but it it is something that Tommy Lloyd might might mess around and do. Just so, depends wow. on who you put on the floor I mean, with. It, this, I mean, this yeah, it can't best. happen. This He's might be the best basketball game the here. It's a, the chess it. match is great. Like you said, uh, that that's a great analogy. I'm really excited for that for that matchup. Just I just don't think that great uh, John Sh- I don't think John Shire is going to trust Sean Stewart that much so to have him out there. Like no. you no, know, hey, pull this guy away from him. I feel like he's going to get a chance. I don't know about that. Yeah, he, no, he might get a chance. Out he's going to play but minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah. But he's not going to he's not going to throw him to the walls and expose him. Oh no 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 no! I'm saying he's going to he's going to have a chance on the floor. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. And, and it's just like you always, you always say the same thing, too. It's like if we score 80 points, we're going to win the game. I absolutely get what you're saying. I just I again, perfect Target world. If Sean, Stewart, if, Sean, if Sean Stewart come out there and just play like he did at Mont Vernon, like he's still in high school, then yes, he's going to he, like he will help dominate the game. We're winning the game I, again. I just don't I, I don't think that's something we can count on. I don't think that's something that John is going to no. try to count on in no. a game that, that is no. just important. But no, the minutes that Sean Stewart is on the floor if the sets that they're running with him work and if what he's doing on offensive and defense works, then that's just nothing but another problem for Arizona to have to deal with. Yeah. All right, it's so all a bunch of couple, Let's get a couple of predictions out of this. Cause we still got to get to the coach's corner on Thursday. We're going to dive more into the, the X's and O's and, and what we expect uh, from that perspective against, uh, against Arizona. But AC, you talked the most about this. Um, you're going to be hosting that coach's corner. Give me a score prediction. Tough game. I think it's back and forth early on, especially. Uh, I don't see anybody. Honestly, I don't see anybody getting a lead bigger than eight points at at a, at a time. 
I ultimately, I think Duke ends up winning this game high scoring. I think it's going to be somewhere around 88 to 84. Mm. Wow, that's very high scoring. D, what do you got? I I thought you, I when you were saying that sentence, I was like, if he says 87, 83, I'm going to be mad because I'm going 87, 83. I think Duke wins it at the free throw line in a really close game. Pablo, what do you got? Duke by 100, man. Hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> Talk to him. After all that, hey. after all that, we don't even need to do the coach's corner. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Duke 77, Arizona 70. He did not Bucket. hit the target score. That one doesn't count for the prime. I don't know if we're gonna <laughs> score that much tomorrow. Not that. <laughs> Jack, what do you got as his corner prediction? It's funny that D said what he did because I'm going 87-82. Okay. <laughs> in Duke's favor. I think it's going to be a close game most of the way, and I think that, honestly, I think Caleb Love's going to brick them out of the game down the stretch. I honestly think that's how it's going to go, and I think it's going to be hilarious. Well, 22 years ago, we beat Arizona 82-72, to hang another national championship banner, and that will be the score yet again, 82-72. I think it will be close, and then I think we pull away. I think it will be Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach hitting some huge threes in the last five to six minutes of that game to kind of stretch it out a little bit. I do think that's when Hero Bowl starts for Caleb Love. It won't work this time. Warren Cameron, John Shire continues to go undefeated in Cameron Indoor Stadium. 82-72, let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Twitter, Instagram. You see the handles by the names. You know who we are. Five Point Fam. Check us out on Patreon. Free. It's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. All right. We got some content coming for you. Peace.